Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The official sponsor of the Can We Please Talk podcast is Fresh Roasted Coffee. It's a new year. Let's get you some great tasting coffee to help you start your day off right. Whether you're shopping for coffees, teas, syrups, mixes, mugs, gift cards, and more, when you get to checkout, enter in the promo code CANWEGET20 to get 20% off your first purchase of the delicious coffee that helps Nick and I get through these episodes. Head to our sponsors at FreshRoastedCoffee.com today. Hey, everybody. Welcome into an all-new episode of Can We Please Talk Podcast. As always, I'm Mike Leon. And I'm Nick Severi. On this episode, a 7.8 earthquake hits parts of southern Turkey and northern Syria. Nick and I on ways you can help those affected in this tragic event. Meanwhile, here in the United States, President Biden gets set for the State of the Union address to the nation. But if he looks up in the clouds, Nick, a massive balloon hangs over his presidency. Nick and I on the finale of Balloon Gate and, of course... Of course, everybody had incredibly sensible takes on this whole fiasco, Nick. More on that in a bit. Uh, Some quick housekeeping notes before I say hello to my co-host. You can check out the Back Your Play Sports Podcast, now a part of Leon Media Network, hosted by our buddy Rich Quinones. This fast-paced sports gambling podcast breaks down all the big games across sports while interviewing some of the best names in sports betting, former players, journalists, and more. I know Rich Quinones had Brandon Jacobs on, the former New York Giants running back recently. New episodes air each week. Listen on Spotify, Beansprout, Amazon Music, or check out the show over on LeonMediaNetwork.com. The family's growing, Nick. Some new shows and talent come into Leon Media Network. Go check out Rich's show. If you haven't heard Rich, if you live in the Northeast, you've probably heard him on some of the Fox Sports radio uh, shows up there in the, in the Northeast, Delaware, Philadelphia, Atlantic City. 
territories, and you've probably seen him on Comcast Sportsnet as well. So excited for Rich Quinones to join us as part of Leon Media Network. Nick, how are you doing, my friend? What's going on with you? Got uh, shaved over there. Uh, people watching on YouTube, shaved man. Yeah, for now. I uh, Yeah, I just cleaned it up. Uh, wanted the beard to grow in a little more even. You know, I had like these kind of side bar things going so um yeah you know it's winter time and my mutant power seems to be hair growth at least <laughs> on my face so you know it'll come back uh but more importantly the in terms of a makeover my you know my office slash podcast studio has been completely changed over uh i get to now do the show you know from my comfortable chair that i use for work because i now you know got a new bookshelf because the the bookshelves grow in folks and you know, if there's anything I do or at least anything I collect, it's certainly books. So excited about that. It's more comfortable here, I'll say, you know, between getting tips from my you know, my colleague here about lighting and making sure we're still using the, you know, getting the microphones, and everything set up. But it's it's nice to hear. It's much more room and, you know, I, I get to work with. So I, I've retired the small little table and the you know, setup I had for our first hundred and change episodes. And now I get to do the next hundred and change from from a new location. Yeah, seriously, you've got you've got a good back you've got a good background and backdrop and stuff like that. I've got I've got my bookshelves here and I'm working on, you know, trying to figure out ways to make it look a little bit more airy and bright and stuff like that. But you got you got a good setup back there. Um, let's get in before we get into our first segment here. We mentioned it at the top of the program about this massive earthquake that happened in, in Turkey and Syria. We're gonna give you some ways to donate to the people affected through UNICEF. Uh, and some of the other organizations that are helping the folks that are going through this. Um, I saw a fantastic explainer over on Al Jazeera. If you haven't been following any of the news about this earthquake, I mean, it's kind of dominated the news cycle here and the massive uh, loss of life that has happened over there, our thoughts and prayers with everyone affected. But take a quick listen to this summarized over at the good folks at Al Jazeera. The first one hit here, near the Turkish city of Gaziantep, with a magnitude of 7.8, which is extremely powerful. It happened just after 4 a.m. local time. Then, just eight hours later, a second quake hit the same region, almost as strong as the first, and even more buildings collapsed. Rescue teams are still trying to get the full picture, but it looks really bad. In Turkey, entire neighborhoods have been flattened, people have nowhere to stay, and it's really cold there right now. At least 3,830 deaths have been confirmed so far as of this taping, as this, this taping, excuse me, uh, the number is expected, unfortunately, to rise after this powerful magnitude 7.8 earthquake hit Turkey and Syria. And then you heard about, I'm assuming either it was another earthquake or an actual aftershock afterwards that was almost as big in magnitude, uh, about 5,600 buildings or so collapsed, according to Turkey's Disaster and Emergency Management Agency, uh, UNICEF right now, the organization that I was just mentioning before, they're working with the Turkish government and Turkey's Disaster and Emergency Management on some of the needs uh, of the wider humanitarian response here and the people that you know are without power, without homes. There's been about, I think about over 2,000 emergency health personnel workers that have reached you know different parts of the provinces there in Turkey. Um, about uh, President Erdogan said that about 45 other countries have pledged support, whether it be, you know, actual manpower or, or resources or money itself. If you want to help to donate uh, to the causes and the different charities out there that are working to get 
help in terms of all this different type of relief that I just mentioned, you can head to unicef.org or look in our show notes and you can click on the link that's there in the show notes to donate to this disaster. I know, uh, Nick, you and I kind of texting a little bit about this this morning because like it happened so early. Turkish time when we woke up uh, here on the East Coast here in America, uh, saw, you know, everything from President Biden, you know, saying the U.S. is ready to provide the earthquake assistance to the videos that are pouring in of just apartment buildings collapsing. A reporter was assessing the damage with a camera crew and all of a sudden the building behind him is collapsing. Everybody had to take off and run, um, you know, thoughts and prayers, man, and, and ways that you can donate. Like I said, we'll make that all available. But uh, quick, quick takeaways on on what happened there in Turkey and northern Syria. Yeah, it's been interesting to see the the outpouring of international support. You know, Syria and Israel have been in conflict for years, uh, but that's not the time now. And Israel is stepping up as well. We've also heard that President Putin is going to be looking to to lend support as well, which is, you know, crazy to say, obviously, with what's going on in Ukraine. But all help across the world is appreciated. You know, Mike, part of this is also about blood donation. Um you know, in the United States currently right now, according to America's blood.org, you know, we about 3% of the U.S. population currently gives blood. Um, but we often need trans we often need transfusions and um, and the like frequently. Uh, so when I thought about the tragedy this morning and it was a statistic I saw recently, you know, at a doctor's visit and I, I wanted to revisit and see if that still held up. And, you know, 3% stunning. You know, we're currently in a population of about 330 million people, uh, but very few of us step up. It's been a long time since I've given blood myself. And it reminded me that, you know, they these things matter. And right now, you know, obviously, as an American citizen donating blood, I don't know what the international effort behind that is. You know, there's so many more ways to support. But currently in Turkey, that will be the need, you know, with people um, that are recovered, people that are injured, Um you know, it's just one of the simplest ways to be a good citizen is to to keep making sure our blood banks are full for, for moments like this. Yeah. Um, well, the international community is really responding. Well, you know, you just mentioned about Russia. It's almost like they're pausing the war that they're doing in the Ukraine as uh, tens of units of the Russian army that already has operations in Syria. O- over 300 soldiers are helping in cleaning the debris and helping in the search and rescue operations that are ha- happening in Syria. Um, you mentioned something about Syria before as well. More than 4 million people there rely on humanitarian assistance in the region, according to the UN Office for the Coordination of Humanitarian Efforts. And the majority of those folks are women and children. So in addition to the earthquake, there's been massive snowstorms in the region, freezing cold temperatures, so the displacement of folks is really right now, you know, that's probably the biggest thing that they're dealing with in terms of the search and rescue effort. It's it's cold. It just snowed uh, over the past week. And now you have this this massive earthquake on top of another one or maybe the aftershocks of it that have left, you know, a lot of the country without power or a lot. You know, obviously, I mentioned how many buildings have collapsed. Uh, it's terrible, man. It's absolutely terrible, man. I, I feel for the people that are involved there. And like I mentioned, please go to our show notes page and click on the link there to help donate in the efforts, or you can head to a bunch of different sites and, and uh, charities that are working uh, to help out the folks in, in Turkey and Syria. Uh, more on that in the coming weeks as that story uh, continues. Uh, here in the U.S., like I mentioned, Nick, as we transition to our first segment, 
President Biden is getting set. If you're listening to this episode on a Tuesday morning, uh, later tonight will be the State of the Union speech as a bunch of things are happening, uh, not only internationally, but domestically. The State of the Union, as President Biden gets to set to talk about the tensions with China, the debt ceiling, uh, his battle with House GOP uh, leader uh, Kevin McCarthy, and everything else that is going to go into this speech. We're expecting him to talk up legislative accomplishments as well from the administration and ways of moving his agenda forward while calling on Democrats and Republicans to find common ground. This, according to The Wall Street Journal, that President Biden will outline some of these things in the speech. But, Nick, first, let's talk about before we get into Balloon Gate and, and the rational takes of everyone there. Let's talk a little bit about the State of the Union address and what President Biden is really going to talk about, because I think, you know, foreign policy, the war in Ukraine, this uh, this issue here with this spy balloon, the Chinese's response, they said that the U.S. overacted, overreacted. And, uh, you know, I don't want to paraphrase what the Chinese government said here, but uh, very close to almost declaring this like an act of war, shooting down this balloon, which they claim to be a weather balloon. There was another balloon that was potentially spotted over Latin America last week. And uh, to give you the full picture, a, a senior U.S. general responsible for helping to bring down this Chinese spy balloon in accordance with President Biden's orders, said on Monday, this according to Reuters, that the military had not detected previous spy balloons before this one because they called it an awareness gap. So there was reports about the previous administration and the Trump administration and this happening about two to three times, again, unconfirmed, but this is all according to a Pentagon uh, official off the record that said this happened at least three times during President Trump's administration and one previously under President Joe Biden. So apparently this has already happened before. This is the first probably that it's gained such public attention and notoriety. All right, let's get into the State of the Union address. What are you expecting the president to kind of hit on here in the address as, as he prepares to talk to the American people for the first time uh, since last year. Yeah, I, you know, I, I saw recently a clip from Pete Buttigieg. I forgot if he was on um, meet the press or, yeah, or he, was just no, he was on, no he was check. on meet the press. Yep. Yeah. You know, and he, and he went through, you know, a lot of the accomplishments of this administration and, and many people have been critical, myself included of the Biden administration struggling with messaging to, to the American people, what has been the successes that the administration have had, has had, you know, between economic recovery, between low unemployment, you know, there's really a lot of things to be rattled off. Tomorrow night seems like an opportunity to, to showcase those pieces. So, that, so I think that's where, I think that's where the president's going to come from is really using this as a, as a victory lap, while also pointing ahead to the opportunities coming up. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he wants to discuss, you know, the change of Republican leadership. Obviously, he's met with um, your returning Speaker Kevin McCarthy, you know, over the last, you know, recently. And, and, and Speaker McCarthy has offered to continue having conversations with the president. So it'll be interesting to see how how the president uses this speech as an opportunity to difficult as it sounds to reach across the aisle. Uh, I know McCarthy recently had asked the president to downplay using phrases such as extreme MAGA Republicans. Um, and we'll see how how the president wants to talk about the GOP right now. Uh, that's that's 
I think those are the pieces. I'm, you know, it's funny as you ask that, I'm like, you know, maybe it's Super Bowl coming up and I'm in betting mode. I'm like, what, you know, what likely is the president? If I had to place a wager, like on the top three things are going to come up, I would imagine I would say it would be the, be the economy, specifically low unemployment. I would say it would be a matter of the infrastructure bill, you know, what we've seen recently taking off, I know most notably in New York City or at least in the tri state area. You know, there's talk about now doing something about the the Hudson, about the not the Hudson River, um, the Holland, like, damn it, like the Holland Tunnel or. Yeah, the, the Holland Tunnel and, and uh, the Lincoln Tunnel. Right. That's what it was, the Lincoln Tunnel. So, the you know, the work of that waterway and, you know, some other accomplishments like that. I think really a victory lap is what's going to come up. Um, it'll be interesting to see on the foreign policy side between update between Ukraine, but. Yeah, I think this will be more of a domestically guided State of the Union this time around. And I think he'll probably send it off with reminding everyone that by May, we'll begin the ending of COVID recovery relief, which will be interesting because he may tie it to economically, because right now with the debt ceiling, everything Republicans are talking about, you know, once that recovery period ends in May, that may require less government spending. And that may be ultimately what's going to help reduce you know, the debt that continues to climb in this country. And that might be where he wraps up for the night. That, if I have, if I had to venture a guess on a prediction, those were that is that's what comes to me. Yeah. I think he'll probably start out, you know, with respect to, you know, what is happening internationally, this, this massive uh, earthquake that just happened in, in Turkey. Uh, one of the things I want to note real quick, after the address, the president's scheduled to head to Wisconsin uh, to do, um, I believe a, a a press conference there or give a speech there touting the 517,000 jobs that were created this past January and that the unemployment rate has fallen to 3.4% lowest since May of 1969. You know, you were talking about that Pete Buttigieg interview and, and he's right. And the way Chuck Todd kind of asked him the question was a little weird because it's Chuck Todd, A, but B, he, he didn't ask it in the way that I would have asked it, like, again, we've talked about democratic messaging before on this program. The other side's really good at messaging, regardless of whether or not it's right or wrong. And then, you know, even Debbie Dingell, you know, Representative Dingell, she said the Biden administration needed to continue to remind voters about the economic impact on the horizon. She said, this is, I quote, we have to do a better job of communicating what's been done and reminding people of what's at stake and what we're preventing from happening. I think it's I think it's true. Like, I think it's very, you know, if you're not if you're not hitting on some of these points properly and articulately, uh, is that a word? Articulately? I think it is. Uh, if you're not hitting on those on those points and stern in your messaging, you know, that we've talked about buzzwords and buzz phrases that the other side of the aisle uses and they use it fan fantastically. I mean, it's it's the only things that you kind of take away from it. And so their speeches are almost structured to harp on buzzwords and phrases within it. It's almost like, remember how you would read, uh, we were in journalism class together, and they would always tell you the first sentence of each paragraph, if you just read that, you, you'll pretty much get the entirety of the article. That's the way Republican uh, speeches are. Like, if you just read the first sentence of each one, you get the majority of it. I think President Biden needs to really communicate, especially like what Debbie Dingell said, like, these are actually some of the wins that we've accomplished together. It doesn't necessarily, he, in a lot of the other speeches, he's been chastising the Republican Party and specifically using that phrase, like you mentioned, extreme MAGA Republicans to kind of 
continue to say, I want to work with the moderate base of you. I know that this is not the entirety of you. Uh, and even though sometimes you guys are leaving me no choice. So I'm with you on that front. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Your website should be a marketing asset, not an engineering challenge. Empowering everyone from independent designers to whole marketing teams, Webflow combines the power of HTML, CSS, and JavaScript and places them all in a completely visual canvas. Trusted by companies like Lattice and Discord, it changes the way marketers, designers, and engineers create for the web. Now you can build the site you want without the dev time. Start building for free at webflow.com. Nick, today's episode is presented, as always, by our friends over at Fresh Roasted Coffee. Since 2009, their passion has always been bringing you gourmet coffees from all over the world, roasted fresh to order. I got my coffee snob here, Nick Saveri. Nick, tell these people, coffee snob it up here. Tell these people why Fresh Roasted Coffee is so good and why they're the official sponsor of Can We Please Talk? You know, often the best cup of coffee that you're ever going to have is the one you can you can make from home. And you need good quality coffee to do that. And that's what Fresh Roasted Coffee offers. You know, between single origin, between blends, flavors, anything on the coffee spectrum they've got. But more importantly, and I can't stress this enough, often when you purchase coffee, you don't know where to start. I mean, there's so many different varieties, so many different opportunities, so many different things you could choose from. And Fresh Roasted Coffee just gives you a very simple questionnaire and just says, hey, figure out what your cup, what your coffee cup is. Figure out what blend works for you. I've gotten some single origin recommendations, so is Mike, and that's influenced everything. And what they recommend, you can get in a Keurig cup, the way Mike takes it. You can take it in the way I do it, which is typically through a French press, or you can get it for a percolator. Whatever coffee machine you've got, they've got you covered. But more importantly, just a huge variety and a way to learn more about coffee itself. No, that's very well said. And all of this is available at freshroastedcoffee.com on their site. One cup is all it takes to fall in love with fresh roasted coffee, but you get a discount for being a listener of Can We Please Talk. All you got to do is enter in the promo code Can We Get 20 at checkout to get 20% off your first purchase. Head to freshroastedcoffee.com today. This episode is brought to you by KitCaster. KitCaster books you on top podcasts. How do funded startup founders attract prospects and talent? Podcast interviews. How do entrepreneurs with exits find new deals? Podcast interviews. How do C-suite execs differentiate in crowded markets? Podcast interviews. 
KitCaster books you on top podcasts. Click the link in the show notes for a special offer. Celebrate good conversation. Like I mentioned before, the biggest thing happening right now in President Biden's uh, tenure here as president and right now over the last week or so has been, uh, I feel like uh, Brady and Deflategate. It's been Balloongate, uh, the Chinese spy balloon that last week you and I talked about it. Uh, at a brief level, we gave our, our military advice there. But thankfully, the president did not listen to any of it. Um, and you heard a bunch of people giving a bunch of different takes across the media spectrum about what President Biden should do in response to this balloon that entered airspace back on Saturday, January 28th, near the southern tip of Alaska. Uh, the Washington Post reported it at first, and, and uh, the Northern Command initially believed that the aircraft was one of China's light probes that kind of skirted to the defensive borders. And then Monday into Tuesday and Wednesday, as this started to really gain speed, momentum, it had surveillance cameras, it's crossing northern Idaho, parts of Montana. The president gives an order on Wednesday, February 1st, unbeknownst to the public, but beknownst to the uh, military community to shoot down the plane when it was not around residential areas where it was safe. Uh, and then later on in the week, um, on Saturday, I believe it was spotted near North Carolina, and that's when um, it was taken down by the military. I want to talk about the balloon because this is going to be probably the focal point topic of the GOP's response, which will be done by Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders. But I mentioned it in the beginning, Nick, about Balloon Gate. Everybody after the balloon was taken down was able to give the most reasonable, rational thought out well well articulated points about the president actually doing what people wanted him to do like my co-host suggested that he do shoot down the balloon and let's take a listen to some of those rational well thought out points so this thing flew across the entire country and got nothing it didn't spy on anything they never picked up any intelligence well that's what joe biden's saying joe biden's saying this thing came 4,500 miles across the continental United States, and trust me, it didn't pick up anything. The catastrophic Chinese spy balloon spectacle clearly threatened American families from Alaska to Missouri to North Carolina to my home community in South Carolina with Fort Jackson and the Savannah River site. This confirms that President Biden and Vice President Harris should resign. Imagine how this would have played out if nobody had taken any pictures of the balloon, if nobody in Montana had looked mm -hmm. up and no noticed this giant balloon, if it wasn't in the news, we know yeah. that when the Biden administration knew about the balloon, they said nothing, they did nothing, they didn't shoot it down. And at the end of the day, I think the only reason they shot it down is because it made it into the news. This is deliberate. They did this on purpose. They understood that it was going to be spotted. They knew the U.S. government would have to reveal it to people who were going to see it over the sky. And the message they were trying to send is uh, what they believe internally, and that is that the United States is a once great superpower that's hollowed out, that's in decline. And the message they're trying to send the world is, look, these guys can't even do anything about a balloon flying over U.S. airspace. But the balloon was shot out of the sky. What, what do you mean? I mean, the, the balloon was taken down. I thought that was my favorite part of that exchange. That was Marco Rubio, that last voice. And he was on ABC uh, this morning or whatever the Sunday show there uh, with Jonathan Carl. And he kind of asked him, like, 
but wait a minute, you, you said all that and they did shoot it down. And Marco Rubio gave a bunch of word salad answer there after saying, yeah, yeah, but you know, and then went off into a ramble. A bunch of other voices that you heard there, Representative Joe Wilson out of South Carolina saying that Biden and Kamala Harris should resign. You heard Ted Cruz is there. His voice, uh, in fairness to him, can't believe I just said that sentence out loud. He did begin his interview on Face the Nation uh, on, on the Sunday show saying, I want to give the president actually credit for shooting down the balloon. That's the right thing. But and then he went into a two minute ramble, which you heard a little bit of there. And then obviously the first voice is somebody near and dear to Nick and I's heart. The one and only Jesse Waters on the five who for all of last week had graphics up saying pop the balloon, Joe. And now that the balloon has been popped and we're learning a little bit more about the recovery efforts and what information or what capabilities the balloon had, he's quickly rushing to judgment as the good journalist that he is, Nick, uh, for the people that don't get sarcasm. All right, Nick, I want to get into though the balloon part of this uh, because I, I said this, I forget who I was saying this to and where I was saying it may have been on a show, may have been in on our IG comments. Uh, follow us, by the way, on Instagram. Can we please talk podcast? But um, it was something in relation to the balloon. And I could see the balloon making appearances in 2024 GOP campaigns. Like easily you could see that balloon and the messaging around you know, uh, Biden being soft on China, et cetera, et cetera, and an image of the balloon appearing in one of these well-placed ads. And then I listened to that montage right there of, you know, people that were saying, go blow up this balloon. What are we doing? And then it happens. Oh, you took too long to do it. Why, why wait so long? Well, I'm asking military advisors. They're telling me to wait till it gets over water so it doesn't impact land. I mean, one of the representatives just said there, this affected all of these cities and all of these states. Okay, if it's affecting all of those, why are you telling me to shoot it down right away? So I started thinking to myself as we were preparing for this show, it's like, it must be so nice to live in that universe where you could just say whatever it is you want to say, and then respond when it doesn't go your way with the flip, the counter to that argument, similar to what we've seen with some of these guys, like Ted Cruz said it in his entire two minute ramble. I didn't play the beginning of it because he thanks President Biden for shooting it down. And then he lists ways that President Biden failed in not shooting it down fast enough. And again, with no insight, he's not sitting on a, a committee like Marco Rubio is sitting that will be briefed on, you know, the sensitivities around this balloon and its capabilities and stuff like that. And so I was sitting there going, it, it must be so nice. This thing's a danger, Nick. We got to take it down. Well, wait, let's lay, wait for it to get over water. No, you're taking too long. Pop it already. Then we, then we blow up the balloon. And it's like, what took you so long to blow up a balloon? You just told me it was a danger to people it, that you represent in different cities. So I, I just thought that that was so funny because I think this balloon, I can't believe I keep referring to this balloon, but a Chinese, a Chinese balloon that is potentially believed to be a spy balloon, that this has happened to us before. This country is doing this to us. They're spying on us. You heard Marco Rubio there say America uh, is not the strongest nation it once was. And then you hear him another time and America is this great strong nation. It's like it, it, it's so great to be on that side and to just be able to say whatever you want and then just flip the script, uh, similar to John Kerry back in the day. Remember the flip flopping? You could just flip flop and just say the opposite thing. What, what, what do you make of 
the montage we played there uh, on Balloon Gate and, and on all the hot takes, including your own, of saying to pop it. And we we did pop it. But now what you're seeing uh, afterwards play out across not only members of Congress on the Republican side of the aisle, but pundits that are on television that are messaging to the American people. Yeah, I, it's funny. Um, it's a no-lose situation. You say X, the answer is Y, and then you say, well, of course it's Y, right? Like, you know, I the example I always think about, and you and I talked about this at length, um, because there's it's it's a little soaked in racism, let's be honest, you know, about the when we talk about drugs coming in from the southern border, you know, and, and conservatives talk about fentanyl. Right. And you did a great job of this talking on, on, a, on another podcast about this, too, that, you know, out of the same mouth is the recognition of how much fentanyl has been taken at the border, how many drugs have been confiscated. But rather than recognize border security and the Biden administration doing a, a good job of you know, reducing drugs coming into this country. The focal point is, well, let's shift gears. Let's talk instead of, well, why are people coming? Right. Like this is the only administration where we've had, you know, people from, be, you know, beyond, you know, below the southern border, you know, enter the United States. Right. But you just keep you know moving the goalposts. It's, it's no different than what we see. You know, I think often of ESPN and other sports networks where, you know, you have a hot take and you're wrong, but you can't say you're wrong. So instead, you just move dire a different direction because to stand on that take is who you are. You know, there is a the example that comes to mind is there's some, for lack of a better phrase, a dope, you know, at another network um, that talks a lot about a particular quarterback. This is a quarterback of the um, you know Los Angeles Chargers, right? And the guy rags on him all the time, calls him a social media quarterback and all this stupid stuff. Meanwhile, the quarterback's quite good and, you know, gets to the playoffs this year and is continuing to grow in his success, his third year in the league. But what does that guy do? He can't give, he can't give, he can't give credit to the quarterback, but instead he's got to find another angle, right? And, and you talk about this all the time, being pot committed. You know, you can't, if you're at Fox, Newsmax, OAN, and what have you, and this may be true on the other side with CNN and MSNBC, you know, if the person that you support you know, comes up short. You can't admit they came up short. You know, if you lose, the, if you come in second in the race, you can't say, well, they came in second. It's like, well, they didn't win, right? Or, you know, they were just there, like moral victories. You come up with anything you can say to, to try to justify your argument. Everything short of saying, I got that wrong. You mentioned what I said about shooting down, you know, the balloon. And yeah, it was a gut reaction I had. And obviously, I'm not military intelligence and I don't consult the military. In the end, obviously, I was proven right. And I don't look at that as saying, well, look at all the intelligence that's been gathered in the meantime, because I recognize the balloon's been shot down. Guess what happened? We have the information. We'll see what was in the balloon, right? You know, to stand on that and say, well, you know, they should have shot down, but they didn't shoot down enough. It's a stupid take, but it's one that's expected because you can't say you can't admit fault. Like that's not the business of, of, of a really polarized television news media right now. It's just funny because I, I thought about it, you know, as I was listening to the montage, you know, that that Tim sent us over uh, of some of these uh, folks talking about th the balloon. And, you know, everyone's reacting just like we are reacting to, you know, uh, what happened, what's next in the recovery efforts of 
you know, the balloon itself. And then when, when it gets analyzed, what will come out about that information wise, we're trying to get somebody on that's been covering this, uh, at least either from the Pentagon or state department, or, you know, a correspondent that's been covering this from one of the networks. So more on that coming soon. Our next episode, we'll, we'll do a, a, a an examination of the state of the union address with a white house correspondent at a prominent network. But I just thought about it and it's like the, it, it validates everything that you're saying there. You know, when you listen to some of these folks that are analyzing something, it's like you need to go in this direction. They go in that direction and it's like, yeah, but you didn't do it this way. And then so you can always go back and fall back uh, on something else and just keep changing the argument. And it's like we need to do a better job similar to what Jonathan Carl there did about Marco Rubio, but he didn't hammer him on it. He basically just said, I, I don't understand what you mean, because we actually popped the balloon. And then he allowed a couple more minutes where Marco Rubio talked about word salad. It was legitimately I, I, I didn't want to play it here for us because it, I couldn't understand. It. And so if I'm if I can't, if I don't understand it, I'm not going to ask you guys and gals out there to interpret what he was saying. But what we need to do, at least from a journalistic standpoint, is be a little bit better on pushing and asking, hold on. When give the timeline, this happened January 28th, 29th, that it was detected over this airspace, right? The military said X, Y, Z. They gave President Biden the information about it. He said, obviously, to take it down, just like we had that you had that, you know, visceral reaction. And the military was like, again, based upon, you know, the area and where it's going and its speed and its weight. And its height and where we think it'll land debris wise, we think it's safe to let it go over water. I mean, there's 70% of the earth is water, you know, so let's just wait a little bit. And as it started to move eastward, um, they waited for an opportunity over the Carolinas and they were able to destroy it and, and re re recover it. And then it's just so funny because last week, all of the messaging, again, as somebody who is watching some of this stuff across networks, was let's pop this thing. What are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? Then we pop it. And now it's like, it's not to your liking. It's not to your satisfaction. Um, we leave it there. We'll talk more about everything that happened with respect to this balloon. And also the other times I mentioned it before, you know, three other times during the Trump administration, one other time in the past two years that we're not learning about why are some of these things not being especially reported on, but also why isn't the government giving more information about that? somebody coming up in the coming weeks on more of that. We leave it there. Um, as I said, in this next episode, our Friday episode, we'll be talking more about the State of the Union address that President Biden gave with a, with a White House correspondent as Laura Barron Lopez will join us. She's over a White House correspondent over at PBS NewsHour. So stay tuned for that Friday episode. Uh, audio podcast platforms, you know them by now, Apple, Spotify, Google, Good Pods. Shout out to everybody who listens to us over on Good Pods. Thanks for subscribing to the show. If you want to check out the video of this show, you want to see Mr. Savary clean shaven with no beard, you head over to our YouTube channel, type in Can We Please Talk Podcast. Hit the subscribe button for me there. Can't thank each and every one of you for listening to this program, tuning in. As always, I am Mike Leon. And I am Nick Savary. We'll see everybody next time.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.